BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. everybody welcome back to another episode of the Sixty cents podcast i'm lucas with jonathan here and we are recording wednesday night uh about two hours before the Sixers' second g league i'm mean, not g league summer league team game and uh we got a lot to go for right john jonathan yeah we do i mean you i was asking you before the podcast and we said let's save the whole conversation for when we hop on live so right away why don't we jump into the James Harden saga? Because yesterday he was pictured on Instagram. He posted and Toby posted of him with Tobias, Maxi, and Bede at Michael Rubin's white party. And it looked honestly like they were all having a blast and they were great. Uh, I forget exactly what the caption was, but I don't know. It just leads you to ask, do you think he's going to stay? So what was your initial reaction to those posts? I I was happy and surprised to see it. Um, I've always taken James kind of as a petty guy when it comes to disillusions of, you know, partnerships on the court. So this kind of shows me that he's not being petty. Maybe, uh, I mean, clearly his problem wasn't with playing with Joel or anything because they played fine together. Problem is with Maury in the front office. And there was also a picture of James talking to Sixers owner Josh Harris, who was there as well, which, you know, begs the question, like, were they talking business or were they talking, you know, other, you know, party stuff? And, you know, my, my, I, I guess I was happy, you know, I, you know, 4th of July, wasn't trying to think too much about it, but um, yeah, I, I was happy to see it. It gave me hope. I, I think hope is the key word here. Hope. Look, I think, yeah, my initial reaction was just kind of shocked, and it it will lead us into our second question. But back on the podcast on Sunday, you asked if there was any chance I thought Harden would be back, and I said categorically 0%. And I think it's a great part about this, that I am absolutely changing my tune three days later. That's what it seemed like, that there was at least a door open. So do you think there's a possible path to a reunion here? I think so. I mean, look, the fit on the court wasn't bad. I think you need to tweak some things. But in terms of like, look, 
James and Maury do go way back. They might be mad at each other right now. You hear ESPN saying that they just want people to cool their horses a little bit. Maybe now that they're starting to cool their horses, there's a path for reunion here, which is possible, which I'm I'm okay with. So I, I think I think there's a path. I I you know like he, clearly he has no, the problems with the players are not the issue. As far as we know, him and Nick Nurse don't have a bad relationship. So if he can mend things up with Maury, which I, their history would suggest that that's, that's a possibility now, especially with these pictures, I, I don't, I wouldn't rule it out. So if he does come back, what does that look like on the court? Like, what do you think he has to change from last year? Well, I mean, I think, I think Nick Nurse kind of gave us a hint of what he's coping for from James in terms of what he said he hoped for for Tyrese. Because he he wants Tyrese to be more of a playmaker, you know, both scoring and um, facilitating. So if that's the case, then Harden would probably play more of an off-ball role again in his career. Maybe, you know, I don't think we need to have Harden, you know, average 10 assists. But maybe if he can get, you know what, I think I'd be happy as long as Maxi takes a step forward. If Harden averages like 18 six and six i'm i'm okay with that i think i'm okay with that as long as maxi makes the proper jump as well i'm curious going a little off script just how Mm -hmm. you is it possible that harden stays and they still attempt to make a move for dane is that something that you could see could still happen I mean, if Harden stays and they can, I mean, look, if Harden stays and you get Dame, that means you're giving up Maxi and you're giving up Tobias. You're giving up two starters for Dame. Plus, you know, we have a first round pick and probably pick swap available or probably multiple pick swaps. I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, that's, that's probably not enough. And, you know, you've heard ESPN heads saying it all week long. Sixers might have the best player, but he's not the best fit for what they want. I mean, I'll be honest. It looks like Dame is going to go to Miami. Miami just needs to figure out a team that can give them what what Portland wants for Tyler Hero. Yeah, that's that's going to be the tricky part. You're right. It just it was uh, something I was thinking about because it it was not on the table. We were thinking we were going to move on from Harden now that I mean, still might. Obviously, he he express this desire to be traded but i guess we will see yeah but let's go ahead and you know we talked about maury in the front office and their relationship with james but apparently maury is trying to you know if there's any heart you know ill will between him and uh tobias harris i think he fixed it today don't you think yeah no i do i mean yeah uh, maury did the ultimate troll job and it was fantastic yeah, he, he, he uh, well, you should set it up. Yeah, yeah, I'm setting it up. And so basically, Maury went to one of the cookie, cook, crumble cookie franchises that Tobias owns, I guess, or a cookie, crumble cookie uh, store and took a picture in front of it. And he posted it on Twitter and, he's, and he tagged Tobias. He says, Tobias had to check out the first uh, crumble cookie store. Don't worry, Tobias. No casual fans in sight here, which... Tobias responded with, and he found it hilarious. I think that's funny. I mean, obviously they're making a joke of it, and Maury makes it clear that he he's not, you know, trading Tobias for nothing. And Tobias, I that should make Tobias feel safe, and secure where he's at. Which I think 
look, I, I think that's the, probably the best bet. And obviously, we need to change how we used Tobias, but I'm, I'm okay with Tobias staying if that's the way that we roll. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And I think it was that was great that uh, Maury dove into that. I think it's funny. He's kind of being more of a uh, down to earth GM, not just someone who's hiding in the office and, and making him more like personable. I guess I don't know if he's trying to be relatable, but yeah, absolutely great, great joke uh, after Tobias's viral clip. Yeah, I, I think. But Jonathan, I, well, before we came on the air, I asked you about this and you didn't catch it. So I don't think a lot of our can- fans caught it, too. But there was a second layer to his troll. The, mo- the casual fan, yes, I said casual fan, wouldn't catch. And I'm not even, you know, more advanced fans like me and you. I didn't catch it at first either. I, I got it pointed out to me on Twitter by somebody and I had to point it out to you. So this is this is actually a really smart thing that Maury did. Um, his, he had a T-shirt in the picture saying, it is what it is. And for fans that don't remember, that is exactly what Ben Simmons said after the Atlanta Hawks series. Uh, you know, when, when we imploded there. So what do you think about that level of trolling? Yeah, look. I mean, no one ever accused Daryl Morey of not being smart. That's a, a subtle, subtle add to the photo that just makes it 10 times better. When you pointed that out to me, I was like, that's just incredible. So maybe making himself again more just relatable and likable to the Sixers fans. Taking a little side shot at uh, uh, Ben Simmons. I just think that that worked probably really well in his favor. And all in all, quality tweet. And uh, he, he made smooth some things over. I, I think so. I think so. So should fans be mad at Maury for the trolling and should Ben Simmons be mad at him? I think fans shouldn't. I think they should like it. I, I think that's kind of what you want in Philly. I don't know, but definitely on the other side, Ben, if he wants to be mad, that's fine. Hasn't played in years. Uh, he got so lucky with the contract that he's on. Maybe he'll retire, uh, but I don't care if he's mad, honestly. Well, Okay. While we're on this Ben Simmons topic, I'm going to go off off, um, you know, chart here because me and Chris talked about this a little bit because I'm I'm making uh, right now. I've told you about this. I'll tell the fans that I've done this in the past. Chris took it over for a while because life got busy for me, but I'm doing a rankings of each starting position for each you know team and the NBA ranking all the starters at each position. And I had to think to myself. Who's going to start for the Nets next year? Is it Ben Simmons or is it Spencer Dinwiddie? Because he is a point guard. Ben Simmons naturally is a point guard, I think. And, I mean, if Ben Simmons can get back to his old ways, the Nets are alive. I mean, I don't uh, – they're not going to make a conference final or anything, but could they get to the playoffs and, you know, make it out of the first round? Possibly, sure. Um, so – do you, do you think Ben Simmons can ever reclaim pro, pre-Atlanta Hawk series Simmons or not? No, absolutely not. I don't. Like, okay. I am so down on like I would have sold all the stock a long time ago. I honestly don't see him even being like a consistent role player. He again something happened with. I mean, he can't shoot. Something mental obviously is happening, but I mean. I don't see how he's like a reliable player. Clearly not in the postseason. So I I mean, do you think that he'll he'll be like getting back to form? I mean, 
If I'm the Nets, I'm at least, you know, exploring that option, seeing if he can or not. I, I think give confident, you know, I was watching, um, I was watching Matt, uh, all the smoke podcast today, and they were talking about confidence and I forgot who they were interviewing off the top, top of my head. Was it Matt Barnes? No, it was Kevin Garnett. Shoot. I can't even remember who it was now. But there was an interview and they brought up Ben Simmons and how his confidence is shot. And, um, you know, but if Ben can get his confidence back and get out of his way mentally, who knows? I don't, you know, anything possible there. Um, Sorry, got off track there. But um, do you think going back to the Maury troll, do you think Maury will do something similar with Harden when when if and when they reconcile if or, or when they reconcile? I don't think Maury would take shots at Harden. I, I truly think I mean, they're good friends. No, no, no. And I just... no, 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 no. I mean, like, you know, as a fun, I don't think they would do it as a cruel thing, but just like joking about it. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the, if they are close enough friends, then maybe it wouldn't be too big of a deal. But I could see it, yeah, in, in that playful kind of manner. I mean, they've mm-hmm. been close and good friends since Houston, and Maury's helped them out. Harden's helped us out last year. So I, I think their relationship's strong and, and would survive something like that. I th- I think so, too. All right. Well, that takes us to Summer League. You uh, teased it at the beginning. I have been uh, a little bit absent on Summer League. So interested in your thoughts and takes here. Um, one of the big players that will be discussed in Summer League, and if Chris ever comes back on the podcast, is Jaden Springer. So what were your thoughts? Did he impress in the first game of the Summer League? So literally within like the first five minutes of the game, Jaden's uh, one of the uh, Memphis Grizzlies player goes up for a layup and like Jaden doesn't just like block it out of his hand. He comes from the weak side, jumps up like almost sideways, swipes it when the ball is like rim level out of the air and like catches it with both hands. So let's go. Like in terms of defense, he is MBA ready. The guy is ready. Offensively, he's still struggling with the outside shot. Obviously, first summer league game, you got to get your rhythm. Maybe maybe he'll play better tonight. Um, he did average 32 points in the G League's finals, so there there is that to consider. I, I think he can clearly get to the basket, clearly get to the free throw line, but what the Sixers need from him is three-point shooting, and I don't know if that's there yet. We need to see more summer league to come see that, but I I think I think he's I think it's possible that he could get there. I think I think he can I think he can get NBA minutes. How many? That's yet to be determined. Yeah. I wrote about him when he was drafted, like the day after, I think, if it was a good pick. So I got some high hopes. Maybe he'll get some time. Who knows how the uh, guard situation is gonna change, obviously, with all the trade rumors. Um but mm-hmm. in other news on the roster, do you think Philip Petrosev could actually play some NBA minutes for the Sixers? I, is he, should he be the primary backup to Joel? No. Should he even really be on an M like a 15 man roster, regular contract? Probably not. He should probably be on a two way, but he does have really good defensive instincts and rebounding instincts. He can finish when given the opportunity. I think he was maybe he did. He did have a rough time in this first game, but that was because he was going to get against Kenneth Lofton. And if anybody knows who that is, he's like the Glenn Davis of today, but he's actually like fast. 
He just needs to get better he, defensively. Okay, so, no, like, I, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, the really big guy from Memphis. He was on yep, a two-way yep. last year. Yeah, he got like G League Rookie of the Year, I think. I, I, I think, I think he could probably be a third stringer for us. Probably. I don't okay. feel too great about this, but I, I'm, I'll, I'll be okay with it. Okay, take a little push. Any uh, two-way contract guys stick out to you so far? Yeah, yeah, actually two. Um, the first one was Ricky Council, really smart player, like made all the right plays, uh, can attack the rim like we expected, um, really good defensively, actually. Um, you know, shot was kind of, you know, hit or miss, but not too bad. Uh, Is that the guy that Chris said he had a first round grade on? I think so. I think, yeah, I think so. He's 6'5", mm-hmm. 6'5", yeah. wing from Arkansas. But yeah. um, the other one is, uh, I'm probably going to butcher his name, Turquavion Smith. Yeah, he um, calls him Turk. Yeah, he he did not shoot the ball well, let's be clear. But he did have an attack-first mindset and definitely was a driving force in several key runs for the Sixers late in the game, that they ulti- but they still ultimately lost. But, I mean, the guy has the has the ability to play. I think he just needs to get bigger and better on defense, which, you know, at 160 pounds, that's going to be tough. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can, uh, I'll I'll check out, check them out tonight. Maybe see some more games, but we, uh, hopefully we can start getting good drafts and unrestricted free agents. Well, I think next year we only have a second round pick. If I remember correctly. Oh, no, wait, so we have a, no, we have a first rounder. Next year, we couldn't. I, it might be a swap, but I think we have a first rounder. I'll check it out okay. later. Yeah. Anyway, so last thing we're gonna talk about tonight, guys, is Sixers free agency, and the number one question is, what? When will Philly sign Paul Reed? Like, seriously, how long is it gonna take? Yeah. Uh, we talked about it last podcast. I mean, I, I'm not sure why it's not done yet. It, it actually makes me want to start like overthinking about what specific reasons they may have for why he's not signed. But I'm just hoping it's a matter of a couple days and, and they'll get it signed. Well, I, uh, yeah, I hope so too. I think, I think they're trying to figure. I look. Well, let's just before I get into why I think it's not happening, let me just go to our next point first. Which is, uh, why haven't they made another signing yet besides Papev? Like, the free agent pool is not that big. No, it's not. And it makes you wonder if, like, we're saying that he, Maury probably has something else up his sleeve. I mean, that's usually what it is when he's quiet. Especially this quiet in the free agency. I know there wasn't a lot up there that's already signed that we really had big shots at or of players that we thought we were going to draft but or sign. But uh, it really does make you feel like they're trying to make that move for Dame. At least that's my opinion. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, it definitely makes me feel like they're trying to make a move. I don't think Dame is the move anymore. I think the move is hardened to, you know, the Clippers. I think they're haggling over that because, like I said I earlier, I, I th- feel like Dame in Miami is just, uh, you know, when not if so if you're trading 
the Clippers, you're not going to get Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. So that means you're haggling over the role players at this point, right? And the draft picks. So yeah, if, but that's what if you, you could flip the draft picks to have a more um, attractive offer for Portland. No? But if Dame does, but Dame only wants to play for Miami, and the last thing we need is like a Marcus Camby situation with Toronto. Dude, I don't care. I genuinely don't believe that. Like, I think he wants to go to Miami. Obviously, he's made that clear. But I don't think he's going to hold out. I, I seriously don't. Like, I, Philly I, or you Boston know, or I don't, LA. I don't. Or com- I don't know, man. I'm not risking it. If I'm Philly, I'm not they, risking it. They were talking about on TV today, like, what's the main reason of, of wanting to get, like, for Portland, of getting Dame to Miami? It's because you want to have a good reputation of treating players well, and that mm-hmm. usually helps in free agency. Tell me the last free agent Portland has gotten. Like, seriously, they have not gotten free agents, so why should they care? Like, Miami seriously seems to have the weakest trade package, in my opinion, from what I've heard between L.A. and Philly and Miami. So why would you trade with Miami just because you want to have a good reputation for something that's never going to happen in the future? Because you always have to think about business in the long term. Who is going to choose Portland Okay, let's listen, listen, listen. I don't know who James' agent is, but I'm going to assume he's a big-time agent with a long client list. If you don't do right by Dame, that agent, all those players, off the board for you already. It's Portland, man. They got to build through the draft. No one's going to go there in free agency. It's either trades or draft. Okay, okay, okay. Let's let's think about it like this then. Let's think about it like this. That player probably, that agent probably represents a lot of players getting drafted. And if that play, if, he does not want that player to go there. He will not offer. He will not allow them to interview with them. He won't allow them to get medicals. They won't allow them to do workout. Nothing with that team. Okay. So. All right. Maybe, I'm not, I, I, I'm just saying it, it's in the. It, look, you're going to have a lot of good drafts anyway, and you're going to get some draft pieces from whoever you trade name for. And it looks like Miami's willing to try to find a, a third or fourth team to get what they need for for Tyler Hero. So once they figure that out, I'm sure the rest will fall into place. We'll figure that out at a different time. But that being said, let me ask you this. Um, is there any remaining free agents that you can think of that you would be interested in the Sixers going after? Yes. Okay, tell me who. So I think that you need to have more, like, veteran presence, obviously, in your locker room. Okay, okay. And if you want to – if you lose Harden, we can – the theme of this is going to be recycled Sixers. So why don't you bring back Ish Smith just for – maybe just to be in the locker room guy. You get him for super cheap. Okay. Uh, You could also bring back Howell Neto. You could also bring back George Hill. And I'm not saying any of these players are so, like someone that should be overly desired, but those are three veteran point guards who can help with Maxi's development, and you can get them all for the cheap. And if they need a couple minutes in the playoffs, I would actually trust those players. But in reality, so, if, you're, if you're asking me one true free agent that I like actually want to contribute, again, okay. bringing back Sixers, I want Christian Wood. Okay, so... The Sixers already have a, a log jam at guard already, with especially a shooting guard. 
because they they already have James Harden, Tyrese Maxey. They have they Patrick Beverly. Ex, ex, okay, let me just finish. Let me just finish. You also have Pat Bev, Jaden Springer, Forkon Court Miles, right? Yep. So you have all of them. So you might not need to get another guard, but if you do, none of the guys that you mentioned I would be interested in. Okay. They're not. I've never been a bit, That was okay. Okay, I, I get it. I get it. But if I, I am thinking about people that can play, and I'm just going to go through the list of guys that I think would be a good choice, and I don't think Christian Wood would be one of them because we've always had problems with defensive guys playing center. Maybe he could play power forward, but he clearly did not enjoy coming off the bench for the Mavericks last year, so I don't think he'd do it for us either. Um, so here are some names. Mo Bamba, Myers Leonard, Rodney, Rodney Magruder, Hendrick Nunn, Kelly Oubre, if he's actually afford, affordable, Austin Rivers, Terrence Ross, Dario Saric, there's a former Sixer for you, TJ Warren, and Justice Winslow. Any of yeah, those I mean, names? Any of those I names interest you? TJ Warren is the one off that list that interests me. Obviously, he's torched us in the past for like one or two big games, and you know that he can be a bucket. And I have been the one on this podcast just saying repeatedly that Shake is was a walking bucket, and that's just so rare to have in a bench guy. So having TJ Warren, another guy, I think who can create his own shot, I'm in support of that. There are some other good players on that list, for sure. Um, but, yeah, if, I, if I'm starting it, I, I think I'd rather have Christian Wood and uh, T.J. Warren. Uh, T.J. Warren, just to let you know, he, he's still recovering from the that knee stuff. Only played, like, 42 games last year and averaged around 7.5 points per game, shooting roughly about 32% from the three-point line. So... I mean, he could get more back into shape. He's still only 29, but that is a cons- concern. Like, honestly, out of the list that I just listed there, because I, I po- posted this on on uh, Twitter, I think there are about, I think there's two to three players there that I would really like. I'd like Myers Leonard. He's He can pl- defend around the rim. He's a okay rebounder. He's a three-point shooter at the center position. Rodney Magruder, really good 3 and D guy. You know, kind of got buried in the rebuilding um, Detroit Pistons last year. Kelly Oubre, obviously, he scored like 20 points a game last year. But that was like, uh, that was because they were tanking. But like, he he could still be a solid two-way wing for you if you could get him on a minimum. And I guess I I, I would go for like Terrence Ross, too. 3 and D guy. Okay. Those would just be some of the names. Okay, which one? How about Danny Green? Dude, I I think he's going to spend more time on NBA today than on a court next season. He may well. He may well do that. It's just, and yeah, he's not quick up and down the floor, um, gets beat on defense. But man, being able to have someone who can knock down shots like that, I know there's a reason that he bounced around a little after the Sixers, but. I don't know. I, I kind of like Mo Bamba as a third center on the Sixers. I, I kind of like that. I can get behind I that. You're right. We do need a another center. I, I You know, he can stretch the floor occasionally. He's a really good shot blocker. Just needs to improve his IQ a little bit more. But that's why you play him behind Paul Reed. And he's a bigger body. 
So, you know, I, I like it. I like it. I don't know. We'll see. But on well, that you're note, right. It, in order, though, for him to be behind Paul Reed, we have to sign Paul Reed. So, yeah, there's that, too. So on that note, I mean, I wouldn't mind bringing back Dario, but I also think he might be a little spent. I, I yeah. don't know. We'll see. Anyway, on that note, Jonathan, how about you play us out? Absolutely. Thanks, everyone, again, for listening. We always appreciate it. Please go over to the Sixer Sense and read our stuff. Got a lot of news, obviously, around free agency, Harden, anything up to date. That's where you'll want to check. Uh, and please continue to listen to us wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and go Sixers.